The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Improving 
that book and making it oh so incredible with her many, many talents. And so it's just been a fun week, a late week, up every night until almost the sun comes up. Her and I working together alongside with Nagashiva as well, just doing what we can do to make the best books out there. And I want to say thank you, my friends, for all the help and aid that you have given me, not only this week, but every week. <clears throat> so that's what's been going on in my little corner of the world. And I hope uh, that uh, when the book comes out, you'll you know slide on over and get yourself a copy. Hey, if you bring it around to me, I'll even sign it for you. I'll throw in a deck of cards. Well, today is Thursday the 12th, and we all know what that means, don't we? That means that tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Oh, yes, Friday the 13th. All of those terrible tristadecophobic moments. All of the strange, baleful, scary, spooky things that'll creep out from all the darkened corners of the world. And so tonight, we're going to be talking about the spooky and the scary. And if it's any good for anyone. But in the meantime, oh yes, listeners, in the meantime, before that, we're going to take you into a mysterious realm of news and information with the creepy, scary, oh, oh, it just sends chills up my spine, kids, to even think about it. That's right, the one, the only, Phil Hatchy Frog. March 12th, 71st day of 2015. There are eight days left until spring begins and 294 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow are auspicious days to go camping and to prune to discourage growth. Once again, today and tomorrow are auspicious days to go camping and to prune to discourage growth. Today's highlight in history comes to us from 1933, when then-President Franklin Delano Roosevelt delivered the first of his 30 radio addresses that came to be known as Fireside Chaps. He told Americans what was being done to deal with the nation's economic crisis and continue.
continued speaking to them throughout the entirety of it. Also on this date, in 1664, England's King Charles II granted an area of land on the east coast of present-day North America known as New Netherland to his brother James, the Duke of York. In 1912, the Girl Scouts of the USA had its beginnings as Juliet Gordon Lowe of Savannah, Georgia, founded the first American troop of the Girl Guides. Back in 1925, Chinese revolutionary leader Sun Yat-sen died. In 1938, the Oslofus, merging Austria with Nazi Germany, took place as German forces crossed the border between the two countries. In 1940, Finland and the Soviet Union concluded an armistice during World War II. Fighting between the two countries flared again the following year. In 1955, legendary jazz musician Charlie Bird Parker died in New York at the age of 34. In 1994, the Church of England ordained its first women priests. And back in 2003, Elizabeth Smart, the 15-year-old girl who had vanished from her bedroom nine months earlier, was found alive in Salt Lake City suburb with two drifters, Brian David Mitchell and Wanda Barise, who were serving prison terms for kidnapping her currently. We send out LMC Radio birthday greetings to playwright Edward Albee, who is 87 today. Politician, diplomat, and civil rights activist Andrew Young is 83. Actress Barbara Feldon, 82. Broadcast journalist Lloyd Dobbs, 79. Singer Al Jarreau is 75. Actress-singer Liza Minnelli, 69 today. Singer-songwriter James Taylor, 67. Rock singer-musician Bill Payne, Little Feet, 66. Actor John Provost, TV's Lassie, 65. Rock musician Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, 59. Actor Jerry Levine, 58. Singer Marlon Jackson of the Jackson 5, is also 58. Actor Courtney B. Vance is 55. Actor Titus Welliver, 54. And former MLB All-Star Daryl Strawberry is 53. We send them all birthday greetings. Our thought from today comes to us from Douglas Cater, American author and educator, born 1923 died in 1995, who said, if power corrupts, being out of power corrupts absolutely. This has been the news from the LMC Radio News Desk, and we now turn you over to the lucky numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky number, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you and me. Superstition, or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes, it will make me. Hey, that's a 
That's mommy. Yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my tongue in goof of stuff. Cause you know someday it may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that you see in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. And like the Nicholas Brothers, who you just heard, you need not just put your trust in goofer dust or even 13 places set at a table because we have the lucky numbers for you this week. Oh, yes, you know it is so. This week's lucky numbers come from ProfessorPorterfield.com, so why not slide on over there and give that a look? And they are 15, 20, 24, 33, 42, and 51. Once again, the lucky numbers for this week are 15, 20, 24, 33, 42, and 51. This week is a particularly lucky week for three and six, as well as all rundowns and progressions on them, so be on the lookout for that. And this week's lucky three three-digit numbers are as follows. Two, zero, five. That's 205. Three, four, five. That's 345. And 976. That's 970. So there are your lucky three-digit numbers for this week. The card of the week is the three of hearts. That's right. The three of hearts. The rival or threes a crowd. Progressing out from last week's King of Hearts, this week we see a coming situation where it is difficult to find time alone with those you care about. A lot of bothersome company, a lot of different irons in the fire, and people making demands upon you that set back your own endeavors. However, this is not a week to allow that to get you riled or upset, but instead to set aside such feelings and attempt to make peace, particularly with those who you have been in a struggle with that may have been a misunderstanding for some time. This is also a good week to, if you're worried about your spouse or mate, be on the lookout just to make sure that there's not someone else sniffing around. Remember, our week runs Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And until then, we wish you all good luck. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week it's going to be, well, a little spooky. In the cool of the evening and everything is getting 
hoodoo, conjure, root work, etc., such as Moonlight and Magnolias, or Nitty Gritty and Not So Pretty. Tonight we're going to talk about Spooky and Scary, which is a part of the Nitty Gritty Not So Pretty family. It's kind of there together in a little box. But this is a rather complex issue, and it's going to also be a somewhat hot topic. There will be hats burned and wigs snatched tonight. So get ready. Here we go. Some people feel that to adequately practice their spirituality, their magic, and in particular, because it's the topic of the show, don't you know, their root work, their conjure, their hoodoo, they've got to spooky it up. You see, it's not real unless people are terrified of it. Unless you have a room full of fucking skulls and blood. How real can it be? Unless you're dressed all in black. Unless when I come to see you, to get a reading, or to get some root work, a spider crawls across my face. Then what good is it? Well, let's start breaking this one down. Because this one's packed up pretty tight, kiddies. This one's complicated. Why is it complicated? It's complicated <coughs> because there certainly are elements or components of hoodoo, rootwork, and conjure, and witchcraft, and I don't care if you don't want me to use that word. Sorry. That have a more malevolent, maybe that's the word we want to use, darker, maybe that's the word we want to use, spooky, maybe we can use that word, element to them. They are about and composed of and dealing with things that society in general says, it's a little creepy over there. That's a little creepy there. You're going over there to the graveyard and do it in the midnight. You got the thing there with the skeleton and the cat bones there. So, there is some of it. And the other thing that you have to remember is that, particularly in the old days, root workers and conjure doctors, some of them, some of them had a reputation for being kind of, you know, spooky. You had to go through a lot to go see them, and you had to take this boat, and you had to row the boat out to the island, and he lived on the island, and as you rowed the boat out there, the buzzards, the buzzards would come, and the buzzards would roost on the edge of the rowboat as you're rowing, and they would stare at you. Okay, I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater here and tell you that there's never been any of that. Of course, there's been some of that. But it had a purpose. 
also that purpose is that, and get ready for it, is a tool for liberation for oppressed people. All right? Let me lay it out to you a little more succinctly. If you were a worker and you lived at the edge of town and you did not necessarily live in the absolute midst of your community, you had a certain vulnerability. Your house is way out there. What keeps people, who does he mean when he says people? I mean white people, from coming out to your house in the middle of the night and burning you out or lynching you, or killing you because they don't want their good, decent white women coming to you for card readings, or root work, or their sons or daughters, etc., etc. Well, one of the things that potentially protects you is a mystique. A mystique of, you don't go down there and fuck with them. Okay? If I'm convinced that you're the biggest and the baddest and the scariest, and you have crows in the trees in the middle of the night, I'm not going to go the fuck down there. All right? I am not going to go down there and mess with you. I may, but I'm generally going to regard the people that do that are jackasses and whatever the fuck happens to them, they deserve. So am I saying it was all dress up and play pretend? No. Am I saying that a mystique of fear or spookiness or scariness sometimes aids oppressed people as the only tool they may have against those who have power over them? Absolutely. Now, the problem with that is that then those self-same white people take that and run off with it into a bunch of quote-unquote voodoo nonsense, the drums buona, the drums, and oh, you know how they all are, those, those dark-skinned people, those dusky people. They have all those scary ways, and they sacrifice babies and whatnot. So it's a double-edged motherfucking sword. So the point of all this is that it does have some traction in the past. But here's the difference. It was not necessarily dress up and play pretend. It was not a lifestyle. This is my lifestyle. It's my lifestyle to keep human skulls on the corners of the bedposts of my bed. It's part of my lifestyle. Fuck you. You're just fucking creepy. I enjoy being creepy. Okay, go be creepy. But here's the thing, and let's get right to the heart of it. We've talked about this before. When you become a spiritual worker, when you're going to go and you're going to do hoodoo and root work, conjure, etc., for other people... You're doing it for other people. That's the goddamn point. You're doing it for other people. So what the hell are you doing when you're putting up barriers between you and these people? We've talked about this before, people. We've talked about before about the mistreatment of clients who have mental illness. We've talked about... We've talked about 
the distancing where you can't be gotten a hold of. We've talked about the ridicule of clients. We've talked about how everything's so gritty that you can't talk to little grandmas who just need work to help their grandchildren. We've talked about all that before, and here the fuck it is again. I am trying to tell you that 67-year-old grandmothers from Tupelo, Mississippi, do not want to have to navigate the labyrinthine paths of terror and spookiness, human skull, pig fetus, crawly-ass spider web, bullshit, gothic angel, wrought iron French, southern gothic terror that you have erected around yourself like a fucking citadel. They don't want to do that. They're not coming to you to be scared. You're not running a haunted house. You're a fucking root worker. Now, if that means that you end up being scary or spooky to the average guy because, well, you've got cat bones, and, well, you've got roots hanging around your place, and, well, you can see the future with fucking cards, and, you know, all the rest of it, you got a jar of swamp water, you got graveyard dirt, you got goofer powder, you got a jar full of dead spiders, because, well, sometimes you got to grind them up to put them in things. That's a different matter. That's a different matter. But in general, the fact of the matter is this. A lot of women in the South, circa 1932 to circa 1962, got their root work advice, help, and aid from their hairdressers. Let me go a step further and tell you a little story. People love, because it's oh so fashionable, and oh so media-laden, and oh so sold as a tourist element to put dear Madame Laveau up on a fucking pillar, up on a fucking pedestal. And I'm not saying she wasn't a great lady. I don't personally know her. She may have been the greatest conjure queen ever. That's not the point. The point is, can you, for 500 points, tell me what Marie Laveau's profession was? Dun, 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 She was a hairdresser. That's correct. Thank you. And we'll be sending a lovely home version of the Now You Know Show home with Troll Talhead for his answer this evening. We hope he enjoys it. She was a hairdresser. I'm not making this shit up, kid. Now, why does it matter that it's a hairdresser? Why it matters is because you'd be shocked how much root work and hoodoo you find in the beauty parlor and the barber shop. Okay? The beauty parlor and the barber shop. Well, who cares? What does that got to do with anything? Why are you even bringing that up? I'm bringing that up because these were not labyrinths of faded Italian marble covered with moss 
and the dried blood of all the previous victims and the fingernail marks where the people had tried to escape with the scorpions. Qual- it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that fucking scary. Now, amongst that advice that was given out in barbershops and beauty parlors was their advice about, you know, oh, well, you got to go down to the graveyard around midnight and you got to go to a murderer's grave and collect dirt because if you had a murderer's dirt, then he'll do. See, yeah, sure. See, here's the problem. The aesthetic. The search for the aesthetic. What's wrong with the search for the aesthetic? The wrong, well, what's wrong with the search for the aesthetic is there's already a fucking aesthetic. Hoodoo, root work, and conjure do not exist in a fucking vacuum. They're not off on some island by themselves out of content and contact with a culture. They already exist within a culture. And if you don't like that culture, and therefore you want to change it, and you want to redefine it, kiss me a Yiddish atukas. Kiss my Jewish ass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you would rather have Southern Gothic. Do you honor? Who do you think Southern Gothic belongs to? Black people or white people? Who do you think lives in the big houses? Who do you think has all the wrought iron fencing, the mausoleums? Come on, man. You're trying to place a different aesthetic on something. You're trying to make it nittier and grittier. You're trying to make it cleaner and brighter. You're trying to make it darker and spookier. Why don't you just leave it the fuck alone and let it be what it is, and you adapt to it rather than it adapt to you? What a radical fucking concept that might be. Why don't you adapt to it rather than making it adapt to you? Why don't you learn the culture that it belongs in, the context and the place that it belongs in? Because you want to have fun. And you want to make money. And you want to sell the aesthetic. What's wrong with selling the aesthetic? Well, there's nothing wrong with selling the aesthetic if you're a fucking artist. Are you a painter? Are you a playwright? And don't, don't even, don't even, back off, don't even. Think about starting up that line of nonsense with me right now about, well, it's an art form in and of itself, isn't it? I mean, who do and conjurers, it's our own art form. And I am an artist. I am an artiste in the art of hoodoo. Fuck you. I'm not saying you can't do things artfully. I'm not saying you can't do things with beauty. I'm not saying you can't do things with composition and an eye towards detail. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's not an aesthetic that you should be selling. You're not selling an aesthetic. If your things have to be wrapped up in 500-year-old Venetian paper that has hand-drawn on it anatomical dissection charts, and that's part of what empowers this, well, I don't know what to tell you because my shit ships in a paper bag. I, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say to you. I don't even know what to say to you. You're so far off the track. You're not even near. You're not even near the depot, man. You're not even. You're not even on a railroad. You're not even on a road. 
You're standing in the middle of a field trying to ride, I don't know, a dachshund, I guess, or a greyhound or a cob border collie or something. You're not even trying to ride a horse. You're nowhere. You're nowhere near anything. See, but this eternal night is oh so glamorous. This, as my friend says, perpetual Halloween, this dress-up, this play-pretend, this role-playing, oh, it sells, and it feels so good, and it separates me out, and it makes me different and powerful because I'm spooky, and people better mind their goddamn manners around me. And I'm going to put heavy goddamn mascara under my eyes before I go into any way. You know, if I have an interview to do on TV, oh, I have to have all the coal under my eyes like I'm fucking Thetabara. And I'm talking about guys. I'm not even talking about women. You look like an ass. You look like an ass. Because you've got to be oh so spooky. I'm going to prance around in my cape. Decide where you're at, man. Okay? And again, I'm not talking about the actual components. I'm not talking about the actual elements of the practice that some people might regard as being Contrary to the, you know, society, a little spooky, a little scary. I'm not talking about the separation that people of power and work sometimes do go through where they are somewhat separate from their community. I'm not talking about the normal societal element of having to go through a process to get to a worker. I'm talking about overt bullshit. I'm talking about making it oh so spooky. Let me stop you right here and give you a functional example. When I was a young boy, I shit you not, the story actually begins that way. When I was a young boy, I was told a tale. And the tale involved live things in you. I'll cut to the chase. Disrespectful young man sleeps around on a lot of women. Women go to root worker. Root worker approaches young man to tell him he needs to get his life straight and get his butt to church. He spits in her face. She collects the spit with her handkerchief. She walks away. Several days later, he dies in horrible and agonizing pain and madness in the street, howling like a dog. They take him to... The undertaker to be laid out. The undertaker opens him up to prepare him for embalming, and there's a snake in his stomach. Now. Here's the reason I bring that. Who aren't interested in and involved in and trying to make their living in. Who do in root work and conjure. That that's not spooky a fucking enough for them. That's not good enough. Oh, no, no. That's not scary enough. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That doesn't have a good aesthetic to it. That can't be sold. What kind of clothing would I buy to go with that? That doesn't have any 
I make up. That fucking isn't scary enough. I need it scarier. I need it spookier. I need it darker. I need it more malevolent. I need it ooky, ooky, spooky, dookier than fucking that. Let me once again reiterate this to you. These people need their practice of hoodoo, root work and conjure, to be spookier, to be scarier than men dying with snakes inside their fucking stomach cavities. No, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just an antique. Maybe I've just gotten too fucking old for my own good. Maybe I'm just railing my cane against those dang kids and their darn music. But to me, if you need your spiritual practice, which is already a component of a, of, of a culture, it already exists, and you need to make that scarier and spookier and darker than this guy died with a snake slithering around inside his stomach till it drove him crazy and he died, you should stay away from me. You should, you, I don't even want you on my porch. I don't even want you on my driveway. If you could, if you could do me a big favor and not even drive down the street that my driveway bisects into, I'd appreciate it. In fact, why don't you stay out of my town? I live in Texas. It's really unfair of me to ask you to keep out of a state that big, but maybe you could stay in South Texas or West Texas or East Texas or Central Texas or any other part of Texas with the part that I fucking live in. Yes, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I want it scarier than that. Why? Because it gives you power. Because it sets you apart. And let me tune you in on this one, too. Because it keeps clients away from you. Because you wouldn't know what the fuck to do if they actually came to your door. Because you've got to either be me big and mean and scary, or ooky and spooky and scary, to keep all the regular people away. Because the regular people have regular problems, and you don't know what the fuck to do with regular problems, do you? You don't have any fucking compassion or sympathy in your goddamn heart for their broken families, their busted up marriages, their sick children, their kids going through school that are getting bullied, their job problems, or anything the fuck else. No. All you've got time on your oh-so-busy fucking schedule is grinding up human bones to make corpse powder. All you've got time for is skinning animals alive while they howl and scream in the night because it makes you feel like a big fucking person. Isn't that the fucking truth? And by the way, listeners, if you want to mark down a wig snatching, there was one, and it had a hat burning with it. If you can't put your feet in two worlds, you need not be in this kind of a business. This is a business where you have to straddle compassion and harshness. Mercy and severity, where you have to straddle what is magical and what is mundane, where you have to straddle what is, not two terms I like, but I'm going to use them, supernatural and insane. If you can't straddle the light and the dark, if you can't deal with the devil and God, 
if you can't see that you have to be a kind of a a, a tightrope walker almost, that you as an intermediary, as you as an individual of power, have intentionally broken yourself out. from the rest of your society to work. And you now have a responsibility back to that society. Then all you are is a scary person or maybe even a frustrated serial killer who could never fucking quite figure it out. Living in a little house that you're painting blacker and blacker and blacker and purpler and purpler as the years go on with dysfunctional relationships and relationships with your neighbors until you just have nothing left. Does this mean you should never have the spooky? No, of course. It should be part of your repertoire. You should know how to go to the graveyard, and you should know who comes to meet you at the crossroads in the middle of the night. But you should know more. You should be able to help those 65-year-old grandmothers, those troubled mothers, those dudes who need a job, who don't have the time or the energy or the wherewithal to navigate the labyrinth of terror that you have erected between yourself and them. Otherwise, you're just going to be sitting around for the rest of your life in your cloying, cobweb-filled, bone-piled-up little dark room muttering to yourself, I am the devil.
Kai's show airs from noon to 1.30 p.m. Pacific Time. All shows on the LMC Radio Network are sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, located in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Add three hours for Eastern. Tax and license may apply. Train departure times and Burma shave signs subject to change without notice. LMC. Hello, friends. This is Patchy Fogg here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of Forestville, California. Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those who cast magical spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Why not stop on by and see them at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Or why not bring the kids along as well to see the train set. Or take a few moments of quiet prayer, meditation, in the world's smallest church right there on the premises. If you can't get there in person, why not visit them online? at luckymojo.com. You sure will be glad you did. And when you stop on by there, tell them Patchy sent you. Well, thank you to our... Thank you, Patchy. Thank you, Chief, for all that great information. Up next, we're going to have a little segment I like to call... Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. That's right, the secrets of scriptural sorcery. And tonight we're going to be talking about a couple of curses, two, three, four, or so. And then later we're going to go over to the kitchen and talk about graveyard dirt. Now you may be saying, why is he talking about curses and graveyard dirt? Because I'm trying to point out, as I did in the pontification, that there are certain elements to this that do have a connotation that people regard as being, let us say, somewhat disturbing or frightening. You don't need to invent an aesthetic, kids. You don't need to come up with something that doesn't exist. But before then, we're going to take a brief moment, and I am sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I must announce this. In tonight's Name It and Claim It, I'm afraid that Miss Catherine Ironwood may not participate. She may not participate because right now we're going to have something from a friend of the LMC Radio Network who used to broadcast way back on KPFA every Saturday morning live from the Powerhouse Brewery. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. I took a black cat, I gave him 
that and threw them in a pot, 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 pot. I took a blue snake, a green snake, and tied them in a knot, 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 knot. I took a hawk jaw, a dog's paw, and hung them on the line, 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 line. I took a horse hair, a green pear, and made a crazy sign, 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 sign. I'm casting my spell on you. I'm casting my spell on you. I'm casting my spell on you. You'll never, never be untrue. I took a goat's tooth, an old shoe, and put them in the ground, 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 ground. I took an old dish, a dry fish, and made a crazy sound, 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 sound. I took a goose egg, a frog leg, and hit them in a sack, 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 sack. I got a Hindu, a tattoo, a genie on my back, 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 back. I'm casting my spell on you. I'm casting my spell on you. I'm casting my spell on you. You'll never, never be untrue. object of your wrath, dressed with zodiac oil, an appropriate zodiac oil. 
To the left of center, you would place a brown candle dressed with domination oil. And to the right of center, you would place a black candle dressed with inflammatory confusion oil. At the left front of the altar, put your Bible down and open it to Psalms 70. And pray this psalm as you burn the candles. Fifteen minutes daily on Mondays and Fridays for three weeks. Oh, yes. Did he just say that I got to do that for three weeks just on a Monday and a Friday? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. When I tell you to go get a dime and wrap it up in a piece of red cloth, I do not mean a penny. I do not mean a 50-cent piece. I do not mean that you write dime on a piece of paper and go, it's good enough. No, I meant dime. And when I tell you, you burn it on Mondays and Fridays for three weeks, baby, I mean Mondays and Fridays for three weeks, and pray Psalm 70. Another good one is how to cut off an enemy. If you were to have an enemy, you could get a little piece of their clothing. Let me stop you right there and myself and say once again, little piece. I can in my mind picture some people right now looking at me with big expectant doe-like eyes holding up an entire dress shirt. Is this good enough? No, no, a little piece, a little piece. They dig in a bag and they come up with a tuxedo. No, no, a little piece, darlings. So get a little piece of their clothing and wrap or sew it up into a small little packet saying over it Psalms 143, 12. Cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul. Psalm 143, 12. And you're going to say that over the little packet as you sew it up. Then carry the packet on you or sew it into the lining of your coat or your clothes. And so long as you carry this, your enemy will be cut off from you and powerless to harm you. So there's another good one. See? You can learn something from the past. It's as if you could look in a book and and find something worthwhile, you know? And if you can't find a book, like let's say you can't find a book. Let's say you like you need a book and you know you can learn something from books and you know that reading is good for you. And you know there's going to be information and knowledge and wisdom in a book, but you don't know how to find a book. Well, you know what you can do? You could ask a librarian. Why don't you ask a librarian? They'll tell you how to find a book. Isn't it nice that there are librarians in the world? This is where if Patchy had a drum set back here, he would have gone, but I'm bunts. Up next, Henri Gamache will be telling us how to cause confusion in an enemy. Right after this. Hi, welcome back. So, to cause confusion in an enemy, you would place two white crucifix candles dressed in 7-Eleven holy oil at the left rear and right rear corners of your candle altar. 
On the center left side of the altar, you would place an astral candle dedicated to your enemy and dressed again with zodiac oil. On the right center side of the altar, you would place a black candle dressed with confusion oil, and immediately to its left place an orange candle, which has also been dressed with confusion oil. The black candle and the orange candle should be touching. In front of the altar, place your Bible down, and again you're going to open it to Psalm 70. And pray this psalm as you burn the candles 30 minutes daily. 30 minutes daily. Each evening before retiring, before you go to bed. The black candle only should be extinguished after the first reading of Psalm 70 each night. So, there you go. There are three examples of curses that you can do from Henri Gamash, from the Master Book of Candle Burning. And that material comes to us not only from the Master Book of Candle Burning, but also from Hoodoo Bible Magic, the Secret Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. And we wish to thank Miss McHale, for her allowance of its use on the show each and every week. That book was written by herself and me. Up next, normally we'd be taking you into the kitchen, but this week we're going to take you down to the graveyard. It's easy to find. Just come over here, stand here. Now just follow Roscoe Holcomb. He'll show you the way. I got it this morning. Well, it bleeds all around my bed. Oh, no, no. Yeah. 
dance for a pretty woman, but your man has said his last goodbye. Because we give you the numbers every week. 
Now, how can you use graveyard dirt? Well, you could actually use graveyard dirt for protection. How would you do that? Well, you would sprinkle your strongest ancestor's graveyard dirt around your door or wear it in your shoe mixed with salt and red pepper to help ward off jinxes or trouble from enemies. However, you can also particular a mother. If the ghost of a mother is troubling her young children, then you carry some of her graveyard dirt to the home and sprinkle it across the doorway of that house to end that activity. What about love? I mentioned love. You mentioned love. You said we could use it for love. Yes, you can use it for love. You can goofer someone for love with graveyard dirt. You go to a graveyard where someone who you loved is buried. You pray for their help. Dig graveyard dirt from over where their heart would be. Pay for it with a dime. Then you blend in a little powdered vandal root. And very quietly, very carefully, very cunningly, sprinkle it on the one you desire, asking the spirit of the grave, or you gathered the graveyard dirt, to help you. And this spell has to be done regularly to help it keep working. So you can use it for love. Now, right now, there are a lot of people with very dark eyeshadow under their eyes waiting for me to say this, so here it is. You can use graveyard dirt to lead someone to death. Yes, you can. You knew it was going to be brought up. You knew I wasn't going to, you know, not go and not get out of the room without talking about it. So you can rub your hands together now, and here we go. Put graveyard dirt into your enemy's shoe, and then mark a trail from his home to the nearest graveyard, sprinkling a pinch of graveyard dirt at every crossroads along the way. See what you're doing here? You're going from their house to the nearest graveyard. And when you come to a crossroads, pinch, a pinch of dirt, a pinch of dirt, pinch. You're not laying down a track, okay? You're not out there with a, a backhoe and a dump truck, making, you know, like a road of dirt, all right? A little pinch at every crossroad along the way. And when your enemy wears that dressed shoe, it will lead him to death's door. That's not nearly spooky enough for us. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me try something a little spookier. You can bring sorrow, wasting, and death. Feeling better now? With graveyard dirt. What you can do is you take some graveyard dirt from someone who has died bad. Someone who has a very bad death. And you mix it with sulfur powder and some of your enemy's hair 
or personal concerns, witnesses, and then you place this in a bottle with nine pins, nine needles, and nine nails, and then bury it under your enemy's threshold as the moon is waning to hurt them or cause them to slowly pine away and die. So there you go. Some good work, some love work, some protection work, some calming of spirits, and even some baleful work all with graveyard dirt. And that comes to us, along with our own knowledge, from Hoodoo Urban Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood. And we thank her for its use on the show each and every... Right now, we're going to go over to your friend and mine, the man of a million friends, Mr. Patchy Fogg. Patchy? Thank you, Professor. Hello, friend. This is Patchy Fogg here to talk to you about the 2015 Hoodoo Heritage Festival Hands-On Conjure Training Workshops, Saturday and Sunday, May 16th and 17th of this year. For the eighth consecutive year, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church is sponsoring their annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival in Forestville, California. Join presenters Charles Porterfield, Catherine Ironwood, Deacon Millet, Kyle Armand, Candelo Kimbisa, Elvira Love, Phoenix LaFay, Michael Batista, and other special guests for classes, hands-on workshops, and panel discussions in African-American knowledge. In addition to spellcasting, they will also showcase the mystery and magic of worldwide folk religions. So make your travel plans now to attend this unique two-day festival of the Hoodoo Heritage, African-American folk magic, and spiritual casting. Remember, if you would like to register for classes and buy early bird tickets, just go over to HoodooHeritageFestival.com and check it out. The early bird specials will be on sale until March 21st. After that, Regular prices will run from March 22nd to April 30th, and then, after that, it will be gate price admission. Also, for a limited time, there are tickets available to the public for the Saturday Presenter Banquet to be held after that day's classes and seminars. So, won't you take the time to go over there, check it out, and go on down there beautiful Forestville, California this year for the 2015 Hoodoo Heritage Festival Hands-On Conjure Training Workshops this Saturday and Sunday, May 16th and 17th. And while you're there, tell them Patchy sent you. Back to you, Professor. Thanks, Patchy. You know, again, I, I miss Johnny. And I miss Wink, you know, and they're still, uh, they started court hearings this week, uh, yesterday on Wednesday, they started taking testimony. And we don't know exactly when 
uh, Wink and and Johnny are going to be able to be back. But it's just a joy to have Patchy with us here. He always does such a wonderful, clean job on it. And uh, if you are able, you should come out to the festival. Hey, if you come out to the festival, buy a ticket, go out to the festival, you'll get a free copy of my new book. That's right, a deck of spells. You'll get that free. And you'll get to see me do my foolishness live and in person. You can't get a better deal than that. Nah, there'll also be a lot of other great stuff there. There's going to be a beautiful continental breakfast and a buffet-style luncheon every day. There's going to be music. There's going to be other people, great people out there giving classes about fabulous subjects. You get to see the beautiful grounds there at Lucky and doing songs and all sorts of other things. And, and the Reader's Tent. The Reader's Tent is going to be open this year, as it is every year, and there are going to be scores of readers there, some big, big names, folks, and you can go and book a reading with them. You'll be able to see them live in person. But not only that, if it didn't get good enough, there'll be four other books. Four other books in addition to a deck of spells. Fabulous books. Incredible books. Stupendous books. Books you're going to need. You're going to want them on your bookshelf. Go over. Go over and look it up. Take a look at the schedule. Take a look at everything that's going to go over there. You will be glad you did. Well, today, because tomorrow is Friday the 13th, and I hope all you Tristadecophobics will make your way through it, today is going, uh, or, or, you know, we talked about the spooky today, because tomorrow is Friday the 13th. And this is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, as are most of the subjects, but i got to tell you, I really got to tell you, this is one that crawls right under my skin, like a spider or a snake. It is high time that those who wish to participate as, please understand me, I'm not saying this to everybody. If you want to do hoodoo in That's your business. But when you're going to set yourself up as a public worker, a worker for others, you have to realize that you are building a bridge. In many ways, you are that bridge. And you have to make that bridge accessible. If only so that you can, you know, have a business, right? I mean, come on. That's just the base. I mean, don't you want to be successful at your business? I, I would hope you do, but if not, okay, you know, you're not sabotaging anyone but yourself. But you also have a responsibility to your clients. And we have to get out of the play pretend. We have to get out of the play pretend, the role playing, and the dress up 
cosplay conjure. No more hoodoo cosplay. I would like to go on and on and on with you, but apparently we're starting to have some sound difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. God bless their pointed heads. So I guess, I guess this is it. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. I leave Fort Worth, Texas, and go to Texas Cattle, and double back to Fort Worth. Come on down to Dallas, King Kong Kitty. Coming through the territory in Kansas City, and Kansas City, St. Louis, and St. Louis, Chicago. I'm on my way, but I'm doing well. Change cars on the TP, leaving Fort Worth, Texas, going to Dallas. Hotel, Grand Sling, Silver Lake, Mineola, Tyler, Longview, Joseph, Marshall, Little Sandy, Big Sandy, Texas Cattle, and Double Badger Fort I changed cars and jumped in similar. 